0: Relax. You're quite safe here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes
2: Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today whether you're doing it at rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com or you're subscribed, leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you very much especially everybody who does that. All right. And uh we uh it's it's that time. It's that time again uh to do another episode of The Fallen. And I will ask this at the beginning and end of this show. Is there enough of these to where you think The Fallen should be its own show? I'm curious as to what you think out there. Let me know. But, as I like to do, we don't do it every time, and we should, but not every time. As we do these episodes, I like to bring on the E-Reaper himself. Logan, say hello to everybody.
3: Hey, everyone. E-Reaper himself.
2: Yeah, you are the (laughs) E-Reaper. Okay. Follow E-Reaper on Twitter. E-Reaper underscore reports. Yes. So, yes, Logan is here to On provide Twitter. provide some uh, extra depth to knowledge, actually, of some of these acts that I may not have, and that's that always helps. Logan has always kind of filled in my blanks over the years anyway. At least two out of ten. Sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, because I just don't want to piddle piss around and be like, hey, I- I've heard of them. All right, here's a record. Here you big, go. Big gulps, huh? All right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're going to... That's about as happy as donut it gets, Donut holes? Right?
3: Man, that's awesome. we got sure. donut holes.
2: Sure, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about dead people, and uh, that's another reason I like to have them on here, because usually I just sit in front of the mic and go, well, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cancer. Yeah, cancer. Mm. Yeah, cancer. Okay. Oh, drugs. Uh, but uh, for those of you who might be new to the show, because there's always that potential, hopefully there is, uh, if you've never heard an episode of The Fallen, of Rock Strikes 10, basically, if you... Sang, played, wrote, produced even. Uh, You know, if you contributed in some way to rock and roll pretty much for the last six decades, then you're probably (laughs) going to be in. If you die, even if you're not a household name, and most of these people are not household names, if any, uh, possibly. There's a couple. You think so? Okay. A couple. We'll see. We'll see. At least the songs are household names, probably. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so it happens. You know, there's people that are the, the unsung heroes of the history Of most things rock and roll. I say most things because you're going to get probably some of the most variety you've ever heard ever on Rock Strikes 10. And the first band pretty much gives way to that. It's it's a good one. That's for sure. I know this is one of your all-time favorite bands, Logan, if I'm not speaking out of term here. It is. And uh Logan you know what's interesting about Logan I got to say and I'm not I'm not roasting you here. Uh-oh. The thing that I always mention this to some people who have known you before and maybe don't see you as often anymore. People I run into at work or coworkers that know you. I, I say Logan's an interesting guy cuz not only is he one of my best friends ever and uh still continues to be but uh, my perception over the years is that Logan has always been one of my metal friends. And it seems to me like as the years have gone on into fatherhood, shall we say, or just <laughs> life, things that happen, sure. Logan's taste has got actually gotten heavier <laughs> as as his years go on. You know, it's like... Uh, That's I, true. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it seems to me... I know he's always listened to death metal bands to, at a point when he first discovered them, but it seems to me like he's gone more out of his way in buying a lot more of the records going to more of the shows. I mean, you've been to how many of those uh, festivals now? Oh, man. I don't know. Like, sure. You will go to Logan the thing I love about Logan also is the fact that Logan's not pretentious, at least not on the surface. Logan will go to Fun 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 Fest, but also go to uh, uh, like Summer Slaughter.
3: Right, right. Yeah. And uh, actually I was stoked today cuz I heard that Watain was going to play Fun 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 nights like the after shows ah, so nice even though i wasn't stoked about fun
2: fun fun itself watain's gonna be there
3: watain's gonna be there after hours yeah, so and, and
2: if you ever listen to the synaptic podcast which you should have you would know watain right by now right that's I, true and they need to be played on here at some point i know yeah so but uh yeah <laughs> what i'm getting at logan someone's gotta die i guess yeah so when you say hey kids do you like the death metal next episode you should talk to Logan right. because he, he can school you. Quite he could teach you a thing or twelve about just what couple. you should be getting into if you if you're in in fact at all interested in death metal. One of the bands I, I think if you put on probably the Mount Rushmore of death metal bands Absolutely. has to be a band and not to be confused now with the newly found old band right. called Death. Death. But this band is called the Detroit De- Rock. Right. Not or the punk band.
3: Detroit punk. Proto band. proto yeah, punk punk yeah
2: band. Yeah, death, and that's why they did a band called Death. I know it's because now there, right. there would there would be probably some papers filed if and, they didn't do that. And those
3: guys were, I, I, I've seen them. Sure, they're good. Yeah. They're still good. And so you've seen both deaths, actually. I've not seen. Did you ever? You never got to see. I Chuck? I never got to see Chuck.
1: Oh, never wow. did.
3: Well, I mean, it's not like you know. They're, they're still an. Under, they were an underground band. Bands, well, sure. Yeah. So being able to, there's not a lot of. I mean, it's a word of mouth.
2: Yeah, and I, I can't imagine that most of the people listening to this show, I mean, uh, close around my age, like I even said, my my history of knowing about the band Death, even if you read Guitar World magazine uh, at some point in the 90s, you heard about Chuck Schultner. I mean, like, he was a god among I think death you, metal That's exactly Wars. how you say it. Yeah. Chuck Schuldner. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. And he was, like, the guy. Like, if you, if you were into death metal, he was your... You know, he was your James Hetfield, yes, uh, of the easily. next level, you easily. Know? <laughs> so
3: because he was so progressive, he it wasn't. It wasn't just chugging riffs, yeah. Where they did just completely just layer riff upon riff, but he was really a. a there is some jazz orientation to it, sure, yeah. So it, it gave it a lot of uh, melody, especially on the latter day records, outside of like you know, Scream Scream Bloody Gore or, or you know, I think I think that's one of the one of the early albums. I yeah. I can't remember if that's the name of it, but um there's uh some early stuff that just is fits more in the thrash metal scene. Yeah. And then as they as Chuck changes yeah. And and gets more um uh, learns more about his instrument and becoming actually kinda of one with it, honestly. Yeah. And it's he, it's fantastic stuff.
2: He like I said he was and his legend grew even bigger honestly at a point because he actually left us very early on like in yeah. 2000 or 2001 something like that. Yeah, there. 2001, Cancer, 2002, right? yeah. Yeah. So you're like why are we talking about death? Well, uh it appears that uh, a guy actually who was not an original member which uh you know, let's just say there were a lot of members of Death right. even in their short <laughs> span. I don't even know what lineup they were at at this point, but uh, one of the guys who was in their lineup around 1998, a guy named Scott Clendenin. Interesting name. Clendenin. Clendenin. He was the bass player on the album Sound of Perseverance. The uh, last album that uh, they did. Yeah, and even just one of the reviews I was reading on the album, they were saying... One of the most unknown lineups of the band, but probably technically the best lineup, technically, as far as, like, you know, surgeons in there. Yeah, And also uh, rounding out the rhythm section, for those of you playing at home and keeping score, uh, the great Richard Christie of many bands like Death and Iced Earth and bands like that. So those of you Howard Stern fans like myself, you know Richard Christie. So he's playing drums on the track we're going to play here. This is for Scott Clendenin, who died this year, uh that as far as i can tell still for reasons unknown they're not giving a cause yet. unless you have uh some insight on that
3: i don't see anything on
2: it they have not gone public with it since i checked so uh but if you are a fan of the death metal genre this is uh you know apparently i i'm sure he would recommend any death record i mean they don't have a bad one for their for what they are do they i mean no
3: no not really yeah, yeah so, They don't. but <laughs> They I, just don't have a bad record.
2: Yeah, but I, I gave it a fair shake, you know, and, you know, of course, of course, you know, I knew we would probably be playing this for the Fallen episode, so I think I found a track that really represents Scott and is playing really well at some point. Uh, I'm always a fan of when the bass player is good enough to hang with the guitar player and co-riff with him playing the same notes at the same time so you get to hear that you definitely hear some prog leanings you talked about the jazz and of course jazz has a big influence on thrash anyway Uh, but it's interesting that it made it even all the way you know, because of course, death metal is just an extension of thrash metal. Right, right. So you hear a lot of jazzy stuff on here. You know, even if you're not a big fan of the vocals, I'm I, as much as I respect Chuck as a player. The vocals are kind of a you know they're kind of a struggle for me sometimes. But man, he really goes for it. He I does. Will, I will say that. So you're gonna have some great playing, and you know, hey, why not kick it off? This is your Monday morning coffee here, right? <laughs> uh, this is death with bite. The pain. <laughs> there you go kicking off the show here today with the current volume of The Fallen of 2015 that was Death with Bite the Pain from their 1998 album Sound of Perseverance there's a very nice reissue of that if you want to get the album Uh, it's got I think it's one of those things where the bonus tracks there's more bonus tracks than there are actual tracks it's like three discs yeah something like that there's a live show and yeah and I thought this was interesting not very death metal but they do a cover song yeah of judas priest painkiller (laughs) which uh yeah like i said i i don't know death metal bands really do a lot of covers no and so that that's i mean where they fits
3: fits in the wheelhouse though
2: yeah oh totally yeah it's you know i consider painkiller to be like kind of yeah like it's from a metal band but like i think the thrash guys really liked painkiller you know so there you go
3: yeah i think they did actually
2: just saw Judas Priest by the way last Super week. Super heavy, and they were amazing. Super heavy record. Yeah. By the way, they uh, Priest encored with Painkiller, Painkiller. right before they went into you know the hits. Yeah. But like yeah. throwing down Painkiller at the encore is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. still a good live song. Totally. All right. Moving on here to something completely different. Like pretty, pretty much gets said all the time on the Fallen episodes. Bring out your dead. Going back to the winner of sixty six uh into nineteen sixty seven it's cold. A, a band called the electric prunes mm. for those of you nuggets fans, definitely Nugget. you know the prunes uh you know classic garage rock band if they never did anything else, this song, and it's the one I'm gonna play, even though it's obvious, I mean this has to be the song because The uh, original drummer of the Electric Prunes, a guy named Preston Ritter, he just died of kidney problems on March 30th of this year. And, you know, his drums really are definitely one of the true stars of their most known song, I Had Too Much to Dream Last Night. So there you go. Why waste time? (laughs) This is the Electric Prunes.
0: Shadow fell upon
4: my lonely room. I touched your
0: golden hair and tasted your perfume. Your eyes were filled with love, the way they used to be. Your gentle hand reached out to comfort me.
2: said there you go that was the electric prunes with i had too much to dream last night which uh a song that like i said it's a garage rock classic it was covered by the damned it was covered by stiv baders some great you know uh, you know it's, it's it's a standard in the punk and garage genre so get nuggets yeah get nuggets for sure it's get on nuggets for sure yeah that, that's essential so, yeah, I checked this, too, because I was like, you know, I never, for some reason, never realized how similar that song is to Paint It Black by The Stones. It, it, it's pretty close. It did not precede it. It came out actually six months after Paint It Black, so I'm sure Paint It Black definitely had an influence on this song. I mean, it had to have. Come yeah. On. yeah, easily. You know, there was only like three bands at the time, and The Stones were one of them. So. <laughs>
3: and the Beatles weren't going to do that shit. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs>
2: I like Alice Cooper always said, I love this, the reason I like this uh, the Stones so much is because my mom let me buy Beatles records after they came out because she thought the Beatles were okay after the Stones came out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And uh, moving on to something else entirely different. Once again, we go from death to garage to Chicago Soul of the 60s. Oh, yeah. With a, a gentleman by the name of Billy Butler. Uh, he He died March 31st of this year. Billy was a singer. He had a band called the Enchanters back in the day, back when everybody was the something, the Diamonds, the, you know, what have you. The Who Hawks. The Ink Spots. Who were the uh, Ink Spots? <laughs> Oh. You know they're playing the Ink Spots. I'm going to get off on a tangent here, but yeah. because I don't have much about Billy Butler sadly. <laughs> right. Billy's very talented. You will hear him in a minute, but So the Billy Ink Spots.
3: Jer- oh no, yeah, Jerry was his brother, never mind. So I ha-
2: I can't find any other place to do this on the show but right now. So the Ink Spots, right? They come on at work the other day. They play the Ink Spots a lot at my job. And I don't dislike the Ink Spots, no. even though they're a little overplayed right now in my head, but That will just never happen again, will it? Because even if you, everybody at home, do this if you're near a computer, go Wikipedia the Ink Spots, and this is how much of a formula the Ink Spots had. They will actually tell you that every Ink Spot song starts off with the same four chords. Yes. You know. Oh, you know, like they even have the chords listed on the page. Wow! <laughs> and then the solo section, you know the solo section, baby. Mm-hmm. I don't want to set the world on fire. <laughs> I didn't mean to do you wrong. While they're all like, Ooh. and I like that the the lead singer guy always sounds like a ghost. <laughs>
0: oh, <yeah. laughs>
2: It'll just never happen. Well, I mean that that, no, that no. is a lost It's lost art. It's well, yeah, my, they were the first ones to do it and basically the first ones to get away with it. My 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 <laughs> grandma used to uh I'd ask
3: for I'd ask for a cassette, you know, like a popular what whatever was going on at the time. In 1986 the 30s and the 40s or oh, yeah. 84 or whatever it was. Sure. She died in 85 actually. Wow. So not 86, but like 83, 84. And then okay. she would throw in Something that she wanted me to hear. Okay. One year I got the Ink Spots. Ah, yes. And that that, that cassette sat around, wrapped in its wrapper. <laughs> probably for about two years, man. <laughs> and then finally I was like, all right. I need something different. And this, this is probably like 86, whenever I'm like, you know. <laughs> My grandma died a year ago. Or something like that. Sure. And I busted it open and listened to it.
2: Yeah.
3: And uh, I was like... Sad, isn't it? Man. She was onto something.
2: Oh, ah, yeah. There you go.
3: Of course, I couldn't tell anybody about that because, you know... Well, yeah,
2: it's 1986. You
3: know, it's 1986. Yes. You're not going to... You know. You want to get beat up?
2: So anyway, Billy Butler. <laughs> Billy Butler. He he died. He died. Um, from very, death. Very, yes, because there's no reason given. Uh, like I said talented singer and hey man if you're going to be associated with somebody especially at that time Curtis Mayfield in Boss. my opinion the, the that's good especially for that era after the impressions into his solo stuff the king of that's our, the wrong of, of R&B I, no, I freaking yeah. love Curtis Mayfield yeah so he was uh you know all the Curtham stuff and so he's involved in that and uh, I, I know that Curtis had a hand in producing some of his records so I mean hey you can't go wrong there so that's kind of how I heard about him so You're going to hear his biggest hit ever, and you may not have ever heard it because I wasn't that familiar with it either. (laughs) I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Where where did it chart? Uh, It charted uh, number six (laughs) on the black charts, and uh, we were like, so what was your question? Where did it chart? No,
3: no, I was like, I'd ask where it charted on the
2: uh, Confederate chart,
3: and (laughs) then... I said 60, so you have to (laughs) give it a a, a times 10 curve. I mean, you know... What, what year was this? 1965. 1965. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. There you go. We're celebrating the race record. <laughs> yes.
2: A great song here. His great song. Big, his biggest hit, a top ten. It's a good song. You should listen to this. This is Billy Butler with I Can't Work No Longer. That was Billy Butler with I Can't Work No Longer from 1965. I hope you enjoyed that out there. Always need a, a reason to play some good classic soul on the show, and this is usually when I do on the fallen episodes. That's just how it be. All right. Moving on to a guy, a guy named Dave Ball, who I had never heard of before, and he he was actually in Proko Harum. Uh, he was Robin Trower's replacement in Proko Harum, if I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> Yes, he's only laughing because, uh, yeah, so when he left the band, he breathed the sigh. Sigh on the yeah, Bridge there. of Sighs. Yes, because that's where he lives. He lives over the Bridge the of Sighs. Bridge of Sighs. Uh, but Dave Ball, <laughs> after he left Proco Harum, I guess it, uh, it was around 1972, he actually, uh, this is a pretty big score, uh, he got Cozy Powell to start a band up with him and his brother. Heck yeah. And uh, the band was called Bedlam. And so, you know, it was one of those things where I saw the guy's name on the obituary list, and I was like, oh, let's check out some Bedlam. The
3: obituary list?
2: Yeah, well, Wikipedia. Keep going. (laughs) And I was like, okay, (laughs) well, 70s hard rock band called Bedlam, I'm sure they sound (laughs) decent enough, and I liked what I heard. No, but it kind of has a uh, purple meets meets toll toll. thing, because the guy kind of sings like Ian Anderson.
3: We should have done that in unison. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like purple meets Tull, yeah
2: meets uh, the beatles meets the beatles yeah yeah as opposed to meet the beatles anyway uh so dave ball he was the guitar player in uh, in bedlam like i said with his brother dennis and cozy Powell was in the cozy band Powell. they only put out one album for chrysalis back in the day and they disbanded very shortly after that but so here is bedlam in honor of dave ball uh, from 1973 and this song is called i believe in you <laughs> All right, there you go. That was Bedlam from 1973. That song was called I Believe in You. I picked that up off of iTunes, and I never heard of him before, but hey, I think that sounds pretty good.
3: It's Cozy Pal.
2: Yeah, Cozy Pal and the drums. Can't go wrong with that. No. Nope. So that's probably where I get the whole, it kind of sounds like purple thing. I don't know. But moving on, speaking of drummers, we're going to talk about a drummer now that, that did die, uh, another drummer, a guy named Bob Burns, who... Uh, was actually a founding member, original member, of Leonard Skinnerd. I'm out. Yes, Logan's going to stay off this segment. Logan is not a fan of Skinnerd at all. I'm of the opinion that if I never hear Sweet Home Alabama ever again, I'd be just fine. But you know what? When I hear some of these deeper songs, I actually enjoy me some Skinnerd. But yeah, mm. please erase Sweet Home Alabama from existence, and we'll get along just fine. So. Freebird. Thank- okay, give her a free bird if you want. That's fine. Get rid of it. But, uh, you know, just going through some of the songs that Bob had a hand in. He only played on some of the initial songs, actually. like, uh, And he didn't even play drums on Tuesday's Gone, which is on that first album pronounced Leonard Skinner. But he did play all the other stuff. But I really like this song. And if this song isn't sampled somewhere on some hip-hop track, then people just aren't paying attention. Because this opening is just like, whoa, whoa, where's that coming from? This isn't skinner and he's like doing some crazy non-obvious stuff on it and there's like this fader going on it's really weird but it, it's great so it's one of my favorite uh, easily the best intro of any Skinner song ever i think uh but you're gonna enjoy it here off should, of the very first album should th- be a biggie track I, I thought you were out on yeah the, i am i thought you were out on this yeah train. okay yeah, i'm out all right i'm out we'll see you on the next segment all right this is leonard skinner from their debut album pronounced leonard skinnerd with i ain't the One." one two. There you go. There's some Skinnerd man with "I Ain't the One" from 1973 off "Pronounced Leonard Skinnerd." Leonard. So Logan, even though he set out that last segment, now he can't—he just can't wait to talk to you guys because he really wants to tell you how Bob Burns died.
3: I want to tell you how he passed into the apartment in the sky. Okay. He died in a single car crash after hitting a mailbox and a tree on a sharp curve.
2: That's terrible. That's, so, that sucks. Slow down, kids. Yes, don't drive like a jackass. Don't drive. Don't text and drive. Don't Paul Walker it. Hey, oh. by the way, do you, do you know? Um, <laughs> uh Do you know why uh, Paul Walker crossed the road? Uh oh. Why? Because he was going 100 miles an hour, went through the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Beautiful. Who's next? It's so not too soon. And hey, no. If you got a a family at home, don't be driving a hundred miles an hour on the road, you jackasses. All right. No sympath no sympathy for Paul Walker. No. All right. Uh moving on here. I'm gonna have Logan carry this one since oh. he didn't carry the last one at all. <laughs> because uh, how about Stan Freeberg? Stan Logan? Freeberg. Do you think it's valid that I play him on the show? I think it is. I think I have a pretty good song for him. Uh Boy, this guy didn't waste any time. This uh, Stan Freeberg is, especially as far as the uh, older slash kind of first generation of uh, album paradis, he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of the initial guys, Spike Jones, oh, you yeah. know, those kind of, the, the guys that Weird Al grew up listening to basically and said, I could do that or I, maybe I could do it a little better. I don't that know. would be cool. So yeah. Stan Freeberg is one of those guys. You hear him on the Dr. Dementos of the world to this day. So we're going to we're going to talk about him. I think it's very valid and uh, I think you said you had a Stan Freeberg story. Well, a I remember. Mini story.
3: Well, the the only the only way that I have a story is uh, whenever I first started working at the record stores back in the early 90s, my boss at the time, uh Gordon had he, you know, he was he was like a, a a 60s guy. Okay. And uh whenever they started reissuing some of these these guys had on Capital, Capital Collector Series, I think is oh, is, yeah, is yeah. what they were called. I have some of those, and uh, there was a Freeburg that that was released. Like around eh, mid ninety, early ninety one, yeah. something like that.
2: I know they all have the same kind of cover, same spine, yeah. same back. Yeah, I've got like a raspberries one and a, yeah, exactly. and a, and a Louis Prima one. Yeah, yeah.
3: exactly. And and it, those were two other ones that he he was he was big on. But whenever they did a Freeburg one,
2: man, he went nuts for it. Yeah,
3: because it was hard to find that stuff. You know.
2: Yeah, unless Rhino was putting it out. Yeah, or, you know, and
3: and Rhino was nowhere near what they what they peaked at. Sure, sure. And, you know, a few years later from there. But, yeah, he, uh, yeah, we we would listen at Freeburg over like, and over and over.
2: During store hours? During store hours, <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you get a lot of business then? No, yeah. not really. Oh, no, yeah. no, Okay. No, it wasn't really.
3: <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it was.
2: <laughs> no offense, I mean. Yeah. You know. It's Free, like, we
3: Freeburg, used to,
2: we Freeburg used to have is not th-
3: for not really for the masses. Yeah.
2: Should we talk about that? Like, we we would have records on standby. For, oh yeah, for a certain element. It uh-huh. We we had and it, this we're, we're not. I'm I'm not saying I'm not <laughs> saying profiling, but uh, <laughs> let's just say uh, you know especially we're in the burbs, so it's not that big of a deal, you know. Especially you know anytime you get into anything class warish, right? But you could see, let's just say it doesn't matter what color you are, but if you saw a bunch of uh, dudes in the rap section, right. You could put on. They might be giants. Who is arguably the whitest band that's ever existed? Uh, possibly. I mean, like Mitch Miller is probably Mitch like, Miller would, the whitest ever. Yeah. But like, as far as like, oh, they really Ray mean Charles this. singers. Ray Charles singers. <laughs> White Ray Charles White died, Ray and we're not Charles. playing him on the show. For the record, <laughs> yes, we know he died, but it's just but you can look him up on really, your own. Just go look in your uh, yeah. the the vinyl collection you inherited. Slow Boat to China,
3: it's great yeah. song.
2: That vinyl collection you inherited from your grandfather when he died—you'll have some Ray Charles singers yeah. in there. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, you can play. They might be giants with the rap kids. You know, Frankie Yankovic, what sure. have you? I mean, but they might be giants. You could actually get away with it because oh, I think they mean this. Right. They're not just trying to get rid of it. So yeah. it's very sly in that yeah. sense. But um, the old people was always Melvin's Colossus of Destiny. Yeah, Any yeah. families?
3: John Zorn, Naked City. John Zorn. That was that was a.
2: Such jerks. We just want to go home and close the hey, store. you know what? We're about to
3: leave here in ten minutes. Yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Put on John's Zorn, Naked City, <sighs> Empty House in three minutes. Yeah. Tops.
2: So, so you guys would play Stan Freeberg in the store, willingly. Oh, Stan Freeberg, Your yes. your, your boss would, at yes. least.
3: yeah. W- willingly during the day.
2: Anything ever stick out You like? Have you heard this now? Back in 1956, less than a year... I... After Elvis debuts on the charts, Stan Freeberg already has a Heartbreak Hotel parody. Actually, it's a cover.
3: Uh, I I am pretty sure that it was on there, but you know that's been, at this point, 25 years since I've probably heard it. So
2: So this is uh, also kind of by default. This is one of the Stan Freeberg songs I already had, so we're going to play it here on the show. Stan Freeberg,
3: though, absolute comedic genius. Sure.
2: Uh, Just ask Weird Al. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a good reference. Period. So here you go. This is Stan Freeberg, uh, not so much a parody, but a cover, albeit comically, of Elvis Presley's Heartbreak Hotel. There you, there you
5: go. go. Well, since my baby left me, when I found a new place to dwell, when well, it's down at the end of loneliness, frequently, Heartbreak Hotel, well, will I'll be so lonely, baby, I'll be so lonely, baby, I'll be so lonely. I'm die, I could I have a little more yeah. echo on my voice? All was it's always crowded. crowded, that's got it's it. You still can find some room for broken-hearted lovers to cry if they're in the glue. And make us so, be so and be us so lovely, badbye. And so be us so lovely, badbye. And be so lovely, they're gonna die. Now the bellhop's tears keep flowing. The desk clerk's Dressing in black. Well, it's been so long and lonely, so lovely, so lovely, <laughs> so lovely, <laughs> so lovely, so so lovely, so lovely, Tell the tech But day cool won't walk down Look Street these dreams Do Where you will be Oh, I ripped my jeans Where you will be A third pair today You'll be so lovely You could die For jazz. Although no, it's always crowded, you still can find some root for broken hearted love they're in the clue move it just so, and and so that's too much echo, echo, echo heartbreak is like so like tears keep flowing and so that's too much turn me off
2: all right that was stan Freeberg with his echo chamber and heartbreak so, hotel genius from 1956 i got that on the uh dr demento 25th anniversary collection which Ooh. is probably one of the easier ways to find that
3: it's a good one too yeah
2: always i always love the demento sets big of course me big rhino shill and all maybe
3: that's so, what i remember it from
2: yeah so there you go little stan freeberg i have to say it like that because we were just talking about Skinner, so Sk- free bird. bird free bird Freeberg. All right, moving on. And like I said, we do spotlight the songwriters as well when they go. Uh, this example of Keith McCormick. And uh, he, he, was, he said he died in Springfield, Missouri, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. What did he die of? Uh, death. Okay, he died of death. Okay. Uh, he was uh, known as a songwriter. didn't have a, like, a huge roster or anything. He wasn't a song doctor. But he wrote this song with his aunt. It said in 1963, a song called Sugar Shack, which, you know, not a song that actually darkens the oldie stations every day. I mean, I wasn't hugely familiar with this song, but apparently it sold a million records in 1963. God, yeah. Pre-Beatles, I mean.
3: He was born in Delhart, Texas.
2: That oh, Texas. That was the thing. There you Where go. Keith McCormick. He wrote the song called "Sugar Shack" with his aunt, and uh, it was—he uh, didn't sing it. It was a band called Jimmy Gilmer and the Fireballs who sang it, and they took it up to number one for five weeks. I can't imagine writing a song with my aunt. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? Hey, hey, auntie, my aunt Kathy. Hey, aunt Kathy, Kathy like, wanna, you like... want to
3: write a song together? <laughs> <laughs> Mine would end up like sounding like the white Ray Charles,
2: <laughs> Ray Charles singers. Yeah, white Ray Charles. But there you go. Uh, Not much to say. I mean, there's not. I didn't find a lot of factoids about him. But you know, like I said, this was a big deal, so it should definitely be on this list. So here you go. This is Jimmy Gilmer and the Fireballs for Keith McCormick. This is his massive monster of a hit called Sugar Shack.
6: Oh, there's a crazy little shack beyond the tracks. Everybody calls it the Sugar Shack Well, it's just a coffee house and it's made out of wood Expresso coffee tastes mighty good That's not the reason why I've got to get back up to trash you can understand why I've gotta get back up to that
2: Gilmer and the fireballs on WNBC is, is Cousin Brucey. I can't even, I, I feel like I'm just hacking no, you are my hacking. Cousin Brucie. That's good, all, Only That's Howard good, can though. do that impression. That That's was uh, Sugar you're, Shack.
3: You're doing fine.
2: Thank you. That was for Keith McCormick. I hope we did him justice there. And, uh, it's yeah, a good song. We enjoy that. And it's summertime, so why not? Go to the Sugar Shack for a couple of minutes. Wait, all right. wait, no. Sounds like code. It is code <laughs> it's where you buy the sugar. I think it is code. Yeah, all right. Brown sugar or white sugar? Which one? Yeah, it depends on how late you want to stay up. All right. Moving on here. I've never done it. Uh, we're going to talk about a guy that a lot of people know. This is the household name of the show. Uh, talk about Percy Sledge. Ooh. Course of course, R&B. Troubadour, ooh, ooh, just yeah. huge, huge, and you know, it's at least that one song everybody knows it. When a man loves a woman, when a man that's loves even a woman. still better than Bolton. Is that good? That's better than Is Bolton. that good. It was definitely better than Bolton. I nailed it. Uh, the the most interesting fact I found out about that, or just you know, just things in his career, I was like looking through his bio, but uh, apparently back in the eighties, uh, they would in the in the UK. Chris Riley can back me up on this. They would re-release. Who's Chris Riley? Uh, he's he's a friend of the show from England. Okay. So what's up, Chris? Um, <laughs> he. <laughs> thank you. There it's like is. I was trying to be jealous lover for a second. Oh, that's okay. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's no a lot way. of Chris's in this world. There's a bunch, and they're all in my world. But, but UK's good for this. Yeah, they re-reissued re- out the single of "When a Man Loves a Woman," and the the funniest part is it it peaked at number two, but the same week it did. He got beat out by a reissue of "Stand By Me" by Vinnie King. So for one week in the UK, the number one and number two songs were from like nineteen, you know, sixty three or whatever, sixty six. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, pretty funny though. Like I, I wish they do that here. That happens a lot there. It seems. I mean, we're, we're a Good. song that's
3: been out for, well. 20 30 years or whatever and yeah. all of
2: a sudden it, it resurfaces in a commercial and the next thing you know it's like in the top 10. And why wouldn't you want to put it out again yeah. just to capitalize? Yeah. That's that's why it's called the music business. Uh, but uh, I think Bohemian Rhapsody's probably been put out like four times as a single or probably, something like that. It charts probably. every time, so. All right, so that all being said, Percy Sledge, Hall of Famer from you know, they inducted him 10 years ago into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so he got his due while he was alive. Good for him. Third base. Yeah. Third played, base. Yeah,
3: played third base.
2: Oh, I thought we were talking about no. Uh, pop, pop goes the weasel. No, no. I'm just saying, you know, third. No,
3: no, I should have said shortstop at that point. Oh, okay. He played. You know, I was just saying, Percy Sledge, man, the guy was was. Oh, okay. A utility guy. He played every position. He was fantastic. Third base, outfield, shortstop. Sure. He could be your running back. He could be your kicker. Guy was fantastic.
2: Yes. Sports Radio with sports Love. Sports anyway. Radio. Hot
3: <laughs> sports opinion. Uh
2: but yeah. There's not much that can be said other than, you know, great singer, one of the all-time greats especially in the case of uh, R&B singers, but uh one to play this one, I really really like this song a lot and I think it should be heard more Ooh, so, when a lamp, when a man loves a woman. I think people have heard that song actually. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. So let's go with this one from 1966. Here's one. I'm down on my knees. Still a good song. It tears me up. All right, that was Percy Sledge with It Tears Me Up, 1966. Rest in peace, Percy. Of course, fuck cancer. He died of liver liver cancer in my hometown of Baton Rouge, actually. Baton Rouge. Yes, that's where I was born. I don't know if he died in the same hospital. They did not say. So who knows? Probably said. Let's move on here. Here's a weird one. I don't think I've ever done in the history of the Fallen series here that we've talked about a manager. And you're like, Joey, why do you want to talk about a manager? I mean, managers are kind of scuzzballs, you know, usually or something, but they kind of have to be. That's Bunch of jerks. Sure. Uh, but I need to talk about Jack Riley, who uh, mostly well known as the manager of the Beach Boys in the early 70s era. Now, once again, you're like, Joey, you're really playing favorites here. Talking about the manager of the Beach Boys. I mean, we know you're a big Beach Boys fan and everything, but seriously, that's a little dumb. Yeah, Joey. I have my reasons, and this is why. I'll give you a valid reason why Jack Riley should be on this fallen episode. Alright, so now he was the manager of the Beach Boys. Check. He uh co wrote songs like Sail on Sailor. Oof, one of the great Beach Boys songs ever. Which I just heard recently in concert. And it's also one of Nola's favorite songs, so that right there, ah, uh, Noah. Also, Jack Riley has a rare distinction that he has a lead vocal on a Beach Boys song. So there you go. Okay, it, yeah, has yeah. it too late? Yeah, no, yeah, I'll put it in. Yeah. All right. Yes. So you're not like if you're not Carl or Brian or Dennis or Mike Love or Bruce or Al. Mike like, Love. That is pretty much like those are the people that sang on those records. But Jack Riley got a lead vocal on the Surf's Up album in 1971. This was a song that Brian wrote. Brian Wilson wrote this song called A Day in the Life of a Tree. One of the weirdest, and this is saying a lot, one of the weirdest songs that Brian has ever written, if not the weirdest. It's just... It's real morose and sad, and it's 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 you know it's the the whole surf sub album actually is a, has a lot to do with um, you know things going on the environment. People are really starting to become aware of all that. You know, Earth this, Day, it, man. Sure, sort of the hippie stuff. Uh, so a lot of the surf sub album is about ecology, basically. So this song is just so weird, and to the point where everybody in the band kind of had a go at this song, and it was not really hitting it. So. It was apparently it just came into like, well, let's have Jack have a go at it. And almost kind of as a joke, I guess, initially. <laughs> but they're like, you know what? That's the version we like the best. So they put it on the record. I mean, not apparently not to his. He didn't even like push for it. It was just like, all of a sudden he's on the album. And. It has a little bit of an extra history. This song because I I did wiki it because I'm like, how does this song have its own link? <laughs> That's always weird to me. It is weird. So I looked up a day in the life of a tree on the wiki page. I will admit when I go to the wiki, and they were saying that like even like people like you know Al Jardine uh, was like, yeah, this song is really weird. We tried to play it before live and people were just like, oh. They're just bummed out. Yeah. And apparently MGMT has taken to covering it over the last few years. It fits. So it it, it kind of has a new life in a sense that some people actually know about this song more than they probably should. Yeah. But I love the Surf's Up album. So that being said, do not judge the Surf's Up album by this song. I'm not saying it's a bad song. It's just weird. And it's not what you would expect, especially if you're just kind of a so-and-so Beach Boys fan. Hey. It's, yeah. Yeah. This one's weird. So here you go. This is Jack Riley on lead vocals on the Beach Boys' Day in the Life of a Tree. Of a Tree. Feel the
4: wind. rich and I will
2: Right, there you go. That was "Day in the Life of a Tree." Lead vocals by the late Jack Riley, and that's why I figured it was it was fine to put him on the Fallen. A little bit of biasness, I will admit. You are biased a little bit, yeah. But uh, like I said, the Sur Up album is really good, so don't judge it by that song. I do like the second half of that song way better than the first half because it definitely builds into something at least. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a great song. It's not the worst song on the album. The worst song on that album is Student Demonstration Time, but seven out of nine songs on that <laughs> album are freaking solid.
3: It's like if Terrence Malik did a song.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Cool. All right. Let's end on a high note. Kinda hey. like what they did when they uh kind of like when the Beach Boys put out the official smile, they flipped it and said, Let's put the happy song at the end. There we go. Uh not Jack Riley, but a guy named Jack. Ely or Ely. Eli, depending Eli? on who you ask uh, Ely, I'm assuming because it's e l y e
3: l y yeah,
2: lead singer of the Kingsmen. you know oh. that, oh yeah, I've actually played this song on the show before because if you listened to the most controversial songs of all time episode, it's on there. you heard it on that episode, but it's been quite a few years, and uh, how how am I not I mean sometimes I don't like to go obvious, but how am I not gonna like do you know you know a tribute to Jack Ely. It would be kind of assholeish not to play Louie Louie. Louie Louie. So yeah. here you go. Closing off the show here today for Jack Ely. This is The Kingsman with Louie Louie. taking you out on a high note there that was louis louis by the kingsman Woo-hoo. the most popular version of louis louis not the original that was richard berry back in the 50s oh by the way if you didn't know that it's been covered to death one of my favorite versions of course you'll probably realize that it's motorhead's version of louis louis <laughs> which i i actually thought about playing there for a minute but i was like ah, i'll be nice to jack maybe he hates that version who knows so probably just in does. case just in probably case does. Ah, no you, you uh, yeah, but he, he, it's not like he got paid for the covers either. That's the thing because he didn't write it. Yeah, I was going to say. But, uh, yeah. So there you go. We have uh, enough for a whole other show. So, Logan, I'm going to ask you back in a couple of weeks if yep. that's cool. I'll be here. We're going to do some more death shows. In between that, I'll try to keep it a little more upbeat. We're going to have a couple of other kinds of Rock Strikes 10 episodes between that. Because, uh, like I said, I was curious if you guys would really want this to be its own show. I'm cool with it either way. So I'm going to leave it up to you guys. Let me know. How about that? D
3: E A T H <laughs> death 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 What is it? it's the New York Deaths? Yeah, it's, of... it's just just the E Reaper
2: Yes. Reports, follow E Reaper underscore underscore reports, reports on Twitter. So follow that. Uh And birth School Metal Death. Yes, some School Metal Death on Twitter. For my alter ego. Yes. All right. Which Those are death low- is both in the title. So that's kind of It'd weird. Be, yeah. Maybe that's why I have you uh, on here in some that's way. That's strange. Yeah. We're, we've always been into that. Like I said, we we got we would get into this back in the record store days. Like we'd read billboard.com every day. Every day. And we'd be like, do we need to order extra copies of uh, the best of Laura Brannigan? I don't oh, know. Oh, look.
3: Selena died. Do we need oh, more? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't there for Selena. Yeah, you yeah.
2: weren't. I remember that one, though. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All,
3: all those that's deaths. In the show yeah. here. Yeah.
2: Hey, Ender. All right, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today. Go to rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com for the entire archives of Rock Strikes 10. So as of right now, we're on, like, episode 172, and you can only get episodes 72 through 172 on iTunes. So the first 71 episodes are on rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com. There's also the links to the Facebook and the Twitter and all that good stuff. Recommend, listen, like, subscribe, and share as I always say. Extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Beard for the outro song. Go to facebook.com/spacebeardband for all your information. They'll be on the show soon. Pete'll definitely be on the show soon. So, what's up, guys? And I'm gonna say, next episode we're gonna do another episode of the Odds and Ends. I haven't done one in a long time, and it's overdue. So tune in next time for the Odds and Ends. Until then, everybody, have fun. Die. Do you remember that? I, I may cut this off, but you remember there was this guy that used to come in the Hurst store, and he was kind of like a middle-aged guy, but he was real grouchy, and he was like, "What are you guys playing? This isn't very good." <laughs> he was just one of those weird guys. I don't know if you—I don't know if you really had a lot of contact with this guy, but you know, people were some people were like that, but every now and then this guy, and I remember him enough to where I was like, "Okay, this guy's not a great customer." So, I kind of don't care now if we offend him. So, okay, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Yeah, I don't know. So, it's one of those Wednesday shifts. You know the Wednesday shift? Oh, yeah. 13 hours open to close. Yeah. Usually that was the case, especially at Hearst that day. Oh, yeah. I, I I could do them standing on my head. They were easy, you know. So, and and often did. Yeah. <laughs> but... I remember I I I'd always like I'd have like a thirty count box of CDs to pace out the day, almost in order of how I would play yeah. them. Yeah. So you know you know like a kind of mellowish stuff during the day, but I remember one one day early on opening up and playing murder ballads by Nick Cave oh, okay. and the Bad Seeds. Yeah. Which is probably more of a night album, if you will. But I just had the inkling. time. I might have been doing my A to Z bit by then because I oh, I okay. closed the store out with A to Z and I never yeah. did finish, but I got close. I got to the T's anyway. It's not bad so playing murder ballads for those of you familiar with the album and there's a song at the end of there and don't don't spoil it by getting into factoids right this is where my punchline is okay Okay. all right all right there's a song called death is not the end (laughs) now death is not the end it's interesting because there's a lot of different australian singers on it go ahead and name some of the australian singers without Uh, telling people the, the gag
3: i know i know pj harvey's on there yeah
2: the great Kylie Minogue. The Kylie
3: Minogue is on there. Okay,
2: well, that's that's enough. Okay, okay is that good? Yeah. Okay. So this song, and for those of you who've heard this song, um, it's very morose. It's very much like I'm about to kill myself. <laughs> this is the song I might play when I kill myself because it's saying death is not the end.
3: Whenever my car was still on in the, in the
2: garage. Sure. Yeah. yeah that yeah, right. song was still yeah, on. Right. So I'm playing it one day. And it uh, just happened to be on there. This guy had already been in the store for about a song and a half. Yeah. And then he just kind of stops down. Like, just stops browsing. This is the worst... I mean, this is the worst song I've ever heard in my life. It's so horrible. And I can't believe you would play a song like this. And it's like, this is just bad. It's just depressing bullshit. Wow. And it's just like, just he was really ragged. Wow. And I was like... And I, I was trying to be nice, like diplomatic yet smarmy as a record store employee can be at times hey you well know. you know sir i mean you know all art is objective i mean you know i i, I wasn't trying to offend you when i put this album on. there it was it all was on art when, is objective good yeah, play sure this was on when you came in i didn't right. profile this on you like i do with some people um so i kind of he's he's t- kind of pushes the issue a little more so i go well i mean you know I mean, you know, people write these songs and, um, you know, it's their own journey. For instance, sir, who do you consider to be a great writer? So this is where I went. So do you consider like a, you know, I don't know, like a Bob Dylan to be a great songwriter? And he goes, you know what? Bob Dylan is probably the greatest songwriter that ever lived. And you should be playing him right now or something like that. I go, this song was written by Bob Dylan. Yep. (laughs) I was gonna say I knew I knew you knew that I knew but...
3: exactly where that was whining. Too. And then after wow. that he
2: didn't say one word to me. <laughs> I never saw him ever again. That's gonna be the ghost track actually tonight. So Alright. Well death, played. Death is not the end. Death is not but the end. But it can end. it can be. But it can be. <laughs> That's gonna go at the end of the show. All right. I forgot so, who we were even talking so, about. So um
0: Saxophones? You gotta fucking be kidding me!